The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. This show is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, and with over 5 million downloads and listeners in over 180 countries, listeners just like you have made this the number one negotiation podcast in the world. Hi, my name is Kwame Christian, and I am the founder and CEO of the American Negotiation Institute. Here at ANI, we believe that the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations, and we are passionate about providing you with the best content that will help you to make your difficult conversations easier, both at work and at home. Lastly, I want to remind you that we offer consulting and conduct trainings, both virtually and in person, all around the world. Our focus is in three main areas. First, negotiation and conflict resolution. Second, leadership. And lastly, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Check the link in the description below to learn more about how we could work with you and your team. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Jasani, thanks for joining us today, my man. Hey, thanks for inviting Kwame. I'm I'm so excited. I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you here. And uh, so how about you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Absolutely, absolutely. So my name is Jasani Courtney. Um, I'm living right here in old Houston, Texas. Um, I work as the Vice President of Human Resources for the American Bureau of Shipping. Um, I've been in the HR field for about 21 years. I got my start in the military. Um, I got my commission as an officer at Georgia Military College and eventually got into adjutant general, which is a fancy word for personnel office um, in, in, in the Army. Um, after being in the Army for a little while, I switched over to the civilian sector had a number of roles um, of, of increasing responsibility till I got to where I'm at. Um, I'm married. I have one awesome daughter. I'm a big hashtag girl dad. But I, but again, I thanks for that. Thanks for the opportunity and uh, for, for having a conversation with you. Man. I've been looking forward to it. Yes, this is great. Yeah, it's and it's funny. You are the father that my wife wanted me to be in terms of having a girl. And I told her I'm trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, you know, I'm only part of the equation. I'm only half the equation, right? It's just <laughs> I know. It's like I'm trying when we have two boys and I'm I'm done. We're done. Hey, that's that's, yeah, it. Yeah. that's it. No, man, I get it. I get it. <laughs> this is funny. No, this is great, man. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you about negotiating the your best life when it comes to your career. And as we know, when it comes to navigating your career, there's so many opportunities to negotiate. Mm -hmm. And I know with your experience in, in HR, in the civilian space and working in the Army, too, you have a lot of insight onto where negotiation fits in. And so I know some of the things that we're going to talk about are how we can negotiate terms of an offer, negotiating for a promotion, and then the, the things that we need to have in mind as leaders as we grow in companies. Mm -hmm. But I just want to start off talking about in general, what is the value of negotiation when you think about negotiation as a skill for elevating your career? 
Yeah, I mean, the auto negotiation is is, is critical, right? It, it doesn't matter which stage of your career you're in. You could be a recent grad or you could be a tenured employee. Um, you should always negotiate so that you can live your best life because the truth of the matter is, as long as you work for somebody else, um, you know, you're under someone else's terms. Um, so at the end of the day, you can always say, people, tell people like employees are kind of like mercenaries, right? You, you're offering your skills out um, for, for the best price. And so you always want to make sure that you can negotiate for the best deal that you can. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I know there's some old school folks that's, that try to make folks feel guilty about negotiating the best terms and conditions for their offer. But to be honest with you, um, there's a lot of reasons why you should always negotiate. And, you know, and, and hopefully throughout this conversation, I can kind of dissuade some of the fears that sometimes keeps us from having those conversations that will allow us to get the best compensation or the best terms so we can have good work-life balance while at the same time satisfying your career goals and aspirations. Yeah, well said. And when you think about the fears that hold people back, what what comes to mind for you? You know, when I talk to a lot of people, Kwame, you know, the first thing is like, let's just say it's a job offer. Um, The first thing they're worried about when they talk about negotiating, um, they worry about whether they're going to take back the offer. Um, That's the first thing. Like, oh, if I negotiate, they're just they're going to pull the offer back. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, It costs a company a lot of money to recruit, hire, train um, employees um, just to go through the interviewing process. Remember, you know, that position is open. So that means somewhere in that office, some poor employee is working double time um, to cover that time until they get the position filled. So they're paying costs via overtime. Um, Then also they have the interview. You know, you have a manager or directors or whomever, you know, when they interview, that's those are man hours. Those are those are people hours that they could be, you know, opportunity costs is lost. They could be doing other things for the company, but they're interviewing. And so by the time they get to the offer stage, to be honest, um, it's not in their best interest to pull an offer just because you negotiate. Now, what happens after that, um, how you handle it, the tone in which you do the negotiations, the mindset and the words you choose to use in that negotiation, it can either, you know, make things work out in an optimal situation or, you know, not so much. Um, but never be worried about them pulling an offer back because from a time and, and cost perspective, that just makes zero sense for them just to pull back an offer of a qualified candidate just because they, they dare to negotiate. And, and so if I'm breaking down what you said in a simpler, a, a simple type of way, speaking as a, somebody who is a leader in HR in, in your company, um, it's almost like you're saying, why in the world would I pull that back? Like, what? Exactly. <laughs> why would I do that? Is essentially what I'm hearing because oh, you're yeah. saying I put a lot of work into this. I, why would I just undercut my work for somebody who's advocating for my for themselves and de- demonstrating a skill that I would want them to have in this role, right? And so I think this is really important for us to to see it from your perspective as the person who's giving off uh, out orders. Like it is, I, I would I have no desire to do such a thing <laughs> because it hurts me and <laughs> creates more work for me. Right? No, it absolutely does. I mean, look. So you know, in my office where I work right now, we have the recruiters. They literally sit outside my office, and those folks work really hard to find the best candidate for the role. Um, and, and, and by the time they've gone through so many resumes and CVs and they go through the interview process, and they found somebody who has the skills that they want. Um, again, it just makes zero sense to start over just because they, they dare to negotiate. Now, let's be fair. Not, you know, not every job has the same level of negotiating, you know, uh, you know, variance as, as others. Right. Um, you know, if you're a school teacher, if you're a public servant, you know, those salaries are posted online. It's pretty straightforward. It's based on tenure and things like that. So. 
<laughs> negotiating really may not help in that regard. But, you know, you know, if you're you're going into a managerial role or a director role or a specialized uh, technical role, absolutely always negotiate. But again, what I mentioned earlier, you got to be careful because once negotiations begin, um, you got to you got to read the room. You got to read the, the tone of the emails and the response um, and then go from there. Um, you know, like first thing I always tell people is, you know, when they ask you the question about, you know, what salary are you looking for? Um, one thing that we that never does us a disservice, that I mean, never does us a good service is always oh, negotiable. No, no, it's not. It's not freaking negotiable. Um, when you were interviewing for a job, you told your family and friends like, no, my next job, I need to make fifty thousand dollars, at least fifty thousand dollars or sixty thousand dollars. But for some reason, when that HR person calls you, they say, you know, Kwame, you know, so, you know, we're interested in this role. And, you know, so, you know, what, what, what kind of salary are you looking for? Oh, it's negotiable. It's about the overall opportunity. Bullcrap. There is a certain level of compensation you're looking for. Yeah, it's about other aspects. But at the end of the day, be honest with yourself. Make sure that you get a salary that makes you feel good about the choice you make, because a company will never love you more than when you first walk through the front door. Mm, I love that. So let's go deeper into that, that specific question, because this is there are different schools of thought on this. So I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So an HR person is having a conversation with you and they say, so how much would you like to make? Some people are afraid of giving that number because they say, oh, now I'm pigeonholing myself into a number. I feel like I'm, I'm losing negotiation leverage. Mm -hmm. And so when people say that, what are your thoughts on that? Well, if you understand the value of the role that you're applying for from the beginning, you won't run into that. Um, and there's a lot of online resources that helps an individual. You know, there's Glassdoor, there's Indeed, there's Salary.com. And I say Salary.com, but, you know, every time an HR professional hears, oh, I looked at my salary on Salary.com, we always roll our eyes because, um, in my opinion, it's very commercialized. And, you know, they know that people are going out there looking for salary data, so they tend to inflate it just a bit. Um, but with that being said, you know, understand that if you're in the Houston metro market where I am, and you're trying to be a marketing manager. Um, go into there, kind of understanding what the mar you know, what the uh, marketing manager makes in that area, using some of these online resources, so you're not, you know, you're not doing yourself a disservice and lowballing yourself. Um, because if they're willing to pay, if they have it in their budget for hundred thousand dollars a year, and you come in there saying, "Oh, I'll take 80, they're going to jump at eighty. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, I always tell people like, with an HR person, says, done. Like they don't have to go check with anybody. They don't have to go talk to the hiring manager. That means you lowball yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just but you start off to answer your question, you start off, you know, doing some homework, um, applying when you apply for the job, understanding what that job is worth in your in your location, in your market or wherever you're looking to uh, to work, um, because where you're, you know, in Ohio versus Houston versus L.A., that market could be completely different. So if you go in there armed with that bit of information, you at least have a starting point. Um, and, you know, and I guess the last thing I'll say to that question is just make sure that, you know, if they say, well, that's a little bit outside of our, of our range, it's okay sometimes to walk away. Um, because if you've done the research, maybe that company is so small that it, that they can't, they simply can't afford it. Um, there's a lot of reasons why that might happen, but go in there armed with that data, with that information, have a data driven conversation. Um, and the last thing I'll say is, Go remember that when you go into that negotiation, it's a business transaction. Um, if they start talking to you about salary, the the dating is over with. You've already wooed and courted each other. Um, now we're just trying to put a ring on it, and we just we're just we're just trying to we're 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 trying to have a business conversation. So take the emotion out of it, give the data, and then let the questions come where they may. 
Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. Have you been feeling the effects of stress, burnout, or anxiety at work? Workplace culture is changing, but we're not done yet. Listen to the Anxious Achiever podcast to rethink the relationship between your career and your mental health. Hear stories from psychologists, entrepreneurs, even athletes and celebrities. Learn how they balance success and ambition with staying mentally healthy. And walk away with practical advice you can implement today. Get The Anxious Achiever wherever you find your podcasts. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. Higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point to make, that this is a business deal. That's really what it comes down to. This is a business deal. It's value for value. You have value that you're bringing to, to the table. They are going to compensate you for that value as well. It's kind of like what you said at the beginning. It's mercenary conversation. I am certainly yeah, you're mercenary. for that. I'm going to yeah. sell my talents to the highest bidder. I'm, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing. It, and for me as an employer, when I think about when my, my team negotiates with me, I could be awkward about it and say, oh, uh, that makes makes me uncomfortable. But what I realize is that it's a, a trade on value. If you're asking for more money, then that means you have some ideas to bring more value, mm-hmm. right? That That's a good thing. And so if you think about it in that collaborative way, it takes the stigma out of negotiation for you because you don't feel greedy or pushy or egotistical or anything like that. You say, okay, no, I am helping them and they are helping me. It, it's It's a quid pro quo in that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, sometimes, you know, look, I recognize, you know, being in HR is nothing for me to negotiate. Like I've been negotiating since somebody told me I needed to negotiate. Um, but, but at the end of the day, you know, role play with somebody, ask somebody to role play. Cause some people are a little more timid. They're not as uh they're conflict avoidance. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to rock the boat, but remember, you know, you're going to be your own best career manager. Don't put that power of your career and your compensation in the hands of someone else who has no emotional vested interest in your success whatsoever. Their job is to fill a position and move on to the next role. Um, and once you say yes, there is no going back. And any further compensation that you're going to make at that company is based on that number that you figure out at the beginning. So annual increases, promotions, you know, if you if you slack off in the beginning, it's really hard to make that up while you're at that same company. 
Yep. And I think that's important to remember because every ceiling is a new floor because this, if I negotiate to this level, this is great because that's where the next negotiation is going to begin. And so when you think about it in terms of like compound interest, Mm -hmm. the position that you put yourself in, in this negotiation is going to dictate the position that you're in for your subsequent negotiations too. So you're always going to be leading from this position. And one of the things that holds people back when it comes to negotiation, I'll say negotiation for compensation is because when they think about it in terms of salary negotiation, they think about it in just that one dimension, salary. Mm. One of the things that you wanted to talk about was negotiating the various terms. And so I think it would be great to have a conversation about just how creative people can get with their compensation package in order to, to create more value for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it's really important to think about the overall package, not just the salary. The salary is really important. Don't get me wrong. It's how we, it's how we, you know, provide for our families. It's how we, you know, provide, you know, save for, for the, for our future retirement. It, it's critical, but it's not the, it's not the end all be all. It also depends on where you are in your career. So you look at me, I'm in my mid forties. Um, the gray hairs kind of show it. Um, and, and, you know, when I, if I was to take another opportunity, um, salary is important, but at this stage, it's about seeing my little girl grow up. It's about spending time with my wife. Um, so work-life balance is really important. You know, so how much vacation am I going to get? Um, also, as I get older, healthcare becomes a bigger issue. Um, so what are the, you know, what are the costs of that? If I currently have a job and I'm going to another job, is there, a, is there an increase in premiums? And what does the coverage look like? Because mm-hmm. you can go into a job making an extra $15,000 a year, but if the new healthcare sucks, you're going to spend that extra money on, med- on medications and, and doctor's visits. Um, and, and so you have to take the overall picture into account. Where are you in your career? Where's your value proposition in terms of what is it you value? Is it compensation? Is it title? Is it time off? Is it, uh, is it variable compensation if there's a bonus um, attributed to it? And, and you have to look at the entire number and what each one of those components means to you. And, and what I always tell the people who who have this question like, well, how do I know? Well, there's there's four or five basic components of, of, of an offer. It's the salary, it's the time off, it's the benefits, and it's the retirement. Um, and sometimes bonus. Bonus is kind of a, you know, depending on the role. And what you do is you kind of rate those and you you don't you don't get a chance to you don't get to double up. You, you know, you, one is one and one is five, right? One is, so you have to rank them between one and five. And there's your answer, right? So if you rank, you know, all of them are important, but you said, hey, I'm young retirement, uh, you know, although I tell anybody who slacks up for retirement not to do that, but if you say the 401k match is not as important as getting a great upfront salary and having some time off, then that's how you rank it. And that's the passion you attack each one of those variables in an offer. Um, but you got to take a look at the holistic picture and not just jump at the fact that, oh, they're paying an extra $5,000. Um, the other thing I would always tell people when they say, I'm going to leave my current company to another company is to do the math in terms of the actual delta, the actual difference. So if I'm currently making $35,000 a year and a new company is offering me $45,000 a year, that is a nice significant pay increase. But remember that you have to factor in risk. Sometimes it's the del- it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And so you say, okay, it's an extra $10,000 a year. You divide that by 26 pay periods. If you're in the United States, you subtract about 25% for taxes. And you realize really on a month-to-month basis, you're only making a few hundred extra dollars a month. Is that worth jumping ship to a company that you have no idea what you're walking into? You know what they've shown you during the interview process, but you never really know. Um, And is it really worth that? 
So again, I could talk all day about this, but there's a lot of things to take into account as you negotiate that. But remember those five areas that I mentioned, um, rate them and then attack them and be passionate about them based on that value, because you will not, it's very rare they'll give you everything you want on all five. Um, and some of those things are fixed. Um, so yeah, I, I would start, I would start thinking about that and just figuring out which one of those are most important and, and figuring that out. But go into the conversation with data, especially when it comes to the salary, because an HR person doesn't want to hear about, well, I heard a person got this. They want to know, well, I, well, I know in the history of the Metro market, this job, the median of this job is a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. Now they're listening. And if they think you're the best candidate, now you have some legitimacy to continue that negotiation. Oh, this is great. So many good things in there. So, so let's start off with this. So we have the importance of preparation to doing your homework. And I know the listeners of the podcast are saying, oh no, I know where Kwame's going. That's right. I'm going to tell people to download those guides. So we have a salary negotiation guide. So if you go to AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash guide, you can get access to all of our free guides. So you can come in and be prepared just like you said. So that's one thing. The other thing is I love the the simplification of the approach, just those five elements and ranking them for yourself. And I think that's really important. And I think it's important for us to have that internal negotiation be and be very honest with ourselves about what it is that we care about and why. Because you might rank those things and realize that the way that you rank things are very different from the way that other people rank their things. Mm-hmm. Are we just basing it off of social comparison? We just want that ego to, to have that bigger dollar amount? Or do we care more about having that balance with our family at this point and being okay with that and negotiating authentically? You know, I I think that's really important. Then the last thing is after you do that research, actually speaking the language of the person that you're talking to, Mm -hmm. right? And so in this, we we talk about the concept of code switching. We think about it racially or or culturally, right? When we, we... alter the way that we speak in order to be understood, in order to kind of align with the person. So the way that you talk to your daughter is different from the way that you talk to your, your wife and so on and so forth, right? So I think um, it was funny. I had one of my employees in the car with me as I was taking my parents home and uh, my family is from the Caribbean. And um, he was shocked to see how spicy the conversation was. He's like, this is not the empathetic communication that I learned from the American <laughs> Negotiation Institute. I was like, listen, my immigrant is showing right now. Okay. And this is how we talk and we're fine. Right. right, right, <laughs> so right, right, right. <laughs> you, you have to speak the language of the person that you're communicating with. And if you're talking to an HR professional who does hundreds of these negotiations every time, talking about my buddy over here who said hypothetically, right, mm-hmm. that, that they make this much is not going to be persuasive. You want to come with your research so they can actually respect the way that you're talking to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and just remember, you know, just like with any negotiation, and I, I can't remember one of your one of your podcasts that I listened to before you talked about this. Negotiation is kind of a dance, right? It's 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 a dance, it's an ebb and flow. And you don't have to be an expert, you know, just because I say there's a, there's an art to it. The thing about it is, is that you you gear yourself towards your audience. You know, come there with data. Talk like you know what you're talking about. Um, do your best to speak with confidence. Uh, and, and, you know, and you'll be surprised where, where that actually gets you. But again, you know, the thing I just really, you know, I really want to stress the listeners, if you take only one thing away from this discussion, is by the time they call you with the offer, it's yours to lose. It, it's yours. You've won. You're done interviewing. It's your job. Now you're just negotiating. And and they're not going to chances are they're not going to pull an offer away just because you want a little extra compensation or you want a little extra um, 
uh, vacation time, whatever the case is. Usually the worst thing they can say is, unfortunately, we have a policy that dictates, you know, you got to be here so long for so much vacation or um, our bonus structure is pretty fixed based on the title, the job title. And that's fine. So then at that point, you have a decision to make. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you just have but you just you just go into that discussion armed with the confidence that you know what it is you want. And, and you made such a good point, Kwame. You know, far too often we, we judge our needs, uh, the terms of the negotiation based off of social you know, acceptance. And, you know, you want to be able to brag to people, oh, I broke six figures. I know a lot of people who make six figures who are freaking miserable because they're working 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours. They don't see their kids. Their marriage is on the rocks. They have an estranged relationship with their with their with their children. Um, they're making good money. Right. And, they're, and their you know, wife and kids are having fun spending it. But they're, <laughs> but it's not bringing that fulfillment of life. Um, I remember my dad, man, bless his heart. Um, he one of the biggest pieces of advice he told me was your job is supposed to support your life. Your life is not meant to support your job. Um, and that's one of the things I've always honed in with that my dad has taught me. Um, and so, you know, your job provides for your family. Your job provides for vacations. It, your job provides for those things that that it has personal fulfillment. Um, but you're not. But, but at the end of the day, it's no one ever said, I wish I worked more. No one ever says, no one ever says that. So just kind of keep that in mind when you try to prioritize that. It's not about social norms, not about being able to brag that you got six figures. You know, I know a person right now, he actually took a job. This is post pandemic. Um, We'll probably talk about that later, but the rules are just so crazy now when it comes to offers and and people work want to work remotely. Somebody had a $100,000 a year job. Um, It was six figures. That person now makes $15,000 less. However, remote working, and extra vacation time, unlimited PTO. I think it was unlimited PTO. Um, he told we had drinks the other night. I'm a big cigar guy, so we met at one of the local cigar bars and had a drink. And, and I gotta tell you, man, I've known this guy for for ten for seven to ten years. I've never seen him more relaxed. I've never seen him like enjoying life. Um, he showed me pictures of him hanging out in the park with his daughter, being able to go to maybe being able to go to to, to lunch at her school. Um, because he has a level of flexibility. And he said, I would have paid $30,000 for that. Um, so again, it's just all about prioritizing those things and making sure that your job um, supports your life and not the other way around. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. And I think that's a good place to land and uh, set you up for the next time you come on the show. This, this will be great, man. I appreciate this. This is really helpful. Oh, it's and, great. It's been fun. Um, this has been great. And, and so I want to let the listeners know, of course, LinkedIn is a good place to connect with you and everybody. There's going to be a link in the description. So make sure you follow Jasani. He is awesome to follow um, and check that out. But anything else you want to shout out before before we wrap? Uh, no, I know. Number one, Kwame, I, I want to thank you for this opportunity. This has been a great discussion. It's been a blast. Uh, I wish folks at home could hear about our banter beforehand. I uh, didn't know you and I had so much in common. Um, but at the end of the day, look, folks, at the end of the day, it's your career. Um, nobody's going to manage your career better than you. There's resources out there. You know, don't treat yourself like a second class employee. Remember, a company will never love you more than when you come through that front door. And don't be afraid to negotiate. It's your life and make the most out of it. Um, and people like Kwame and myself are out there trying and wanting to empower you so you can make the best life and live your best life ever. So um, just keep that in mind as you go out there, but you know, it's out there for you folks. Love it. Jasani, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. 
What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.